What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle, and I am always so grateful that you have taken your minute time that you can never refresh to spend it with me and my guests for today and really pour into yourself and learn how to become a more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident woman in business. We don't have any announcements today. As you know, we're coming to a close with this particular podcast. All of the show notes that we'll have for today, you can find at amberhurdle.com forward slash podcast with an S. And those will also be in the Bombshell Business app as a push notification to you if you subscribe to the app. So I have to tell you about our guest today. I met our guest and her husband long, long ago. They're both incredibly awesome people. I have been able to break bread with them and stay in touch. And she's a savvy business leader. She's a dedicated mom. I know she's an extraordinary wife. I love their relationship because it's a lot like mine and Jeff's. You can see it in their eyes and we'll have to follow up with her on this. But I remember seeing a post about even like celebrating her grandmother's birthday and the joy that you see in her heart is just amazing. She's a really good woman. So I'm excited to have her. I've always admired her commitment to her brand. She's very consistent. I appreciate the feedback that she's given to me as a peer over the years. And it's really important for me to have her on the show because I want you to follow her and and continue, if you don't already, many of you probably already do, but you'll want to follow her to continue that real female-focused content that you're used to getting on the Bombshell Business Podcast as I bring this podcast to a close and start the Velvet Machete Branding Podcast. So now for the official bio. Natalie Ekdahl is a business strategist and high-performance coach who helps high-achieving women entrepreneurs across industries and time zones build, grow, and scale their businesses while avoiding overwhelm. We all want that. She's the founder of the Biz Chicks Community podcast programs and events and is the author of Reset Your Mindset, Silence Your Inner Mean Girl. Natalie has been recognized as one of the top women in business to listen to. She has also been featured in Inc., Fast Company, Huffington Post, and Entrepreneur. She brings a multidisciplinary perspective to her work. She draws from her MBA education, 20 plus years of work experience, deep intuition, which I can attest to, and over 250 podcast interviews with industry influencers to help her clients with customized strategy and coaching to reach six figures plus in profits. When she's not enjoying precious moments with her husband, Mark and her three children, ages 5 to 17. Yes, you heard that right, 5 to 17, quite the variety. You can find her drinking a steaming cup of coffee on her way to spin class or sneaking in a power nap. Visit bizchicks.com for her latest podcast and inspiration on life and business. But today we get to talk to Natalie both about specializing in your business and getting referrals. So you are in for a treat. Natalie, thank you. Finally, we got you on the show. How are you doing? Amber, I am so excited to be here. And you were one of the first 
entrepreneurs I met when I started this journey. And so it is so exciting to be interviewed on your show. You were one of my first interviews, episode 11. So crazy. I am like, I'm in like recording in the high 380s right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. So 20 February, 2014, you were on the Biz Chicks podcast and I love your new brand. When I saw Velvet Machete, I I was just like, oh man, that's so perfect for Amber. <laughs> I am I am so excited to see where you're going. Yeah, you know, it's been as I mean, as you know, because you've been in the game pretty much as long as I have. You have to get settled, and you have to try different things. And sometimes that looks the same, but things change behind the scenes. And sometimes for people like me, I'm super high in innovation. If you're familiar with the fascination advantage assessment. Yes. I have to see it like in real time and I have to experiment and play and do those type of things. And, you know, I've referred to myself as a velvet machete because a client gave me that name when I was in my twenties. But now I'm like, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how I do everything. That is the name for what it is that I do. You have to be very direct and you have to deliver it in a way that your audience will digest it in the way that it feels good to them. And that's whether you're dealing with your personal brand, your business brand, or your employer brand. So mm. yeah, it's good times. Yes. And I think that we're in alignment in that we both, you know, speak our minds. We both know what it's like to have multiple age ranges at home, as yeah. you mentioned I have. <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's interesting household life as well as a business life. But thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of brands, before we really dive in, let's tell the audience how Biz Chicks, B-I-Z-C-H-I-X, how that was birthed. Where did that come from? Yes, I like to say we spell chicks with an X here. So (laughs) anyone that listens to my podcast, they're like, yes, we know you spell chicks with an X. So Biz Chicks came about as I was learning to be an entrepreneur, to be an online entrepreneur. So I have, you know, as you mentioned, a business background where I have an MBA. I've done a lot of corporate work. I've done a lot of corporate consulting. And my husband and I started a software company together, a software as a service business, which is where we were when you first met us. Yeah. And and what we learned when we launched that business was that business from both of our sides of the of the house had changed so he was a software he is a software developer software architect and the programs that were happening at the time this is going back to say 2009 2010 had really shifted and for me my business and marketing background marketing had completely shifted and social media was new and this new thing and we were trained to learn and I stumbled upon podcasts and I started listening to podcasts and following different podcasters. And there weren't very many, you know, say 2010, 2011, 2012. I was really missing hearing voices similar to mine. So Mm -hmm. hearing a woman entrepreneur, hearing a woman share what it was like to balance work and family. And so I had this secret desire in my heart to have a talk radio show (laughs) that had never (laughs) been fulfilled. And technology made it so and is so today that we can literally launch our own radio show from our homes. And for me, it was from my bedroom closet. And so I launched Biz Chicks to 
ask the questions that I wanted to be asked and doing that in tandem while running another business. And I launched it after I decided on my launch date, found out I was pregnant with my third child. I remember (laughs) that because you weren't at it's a podcast movement, maybe in yes, Texas, yes. but Mark was. Correct. And I'm like, yes. where's your bride? <laughs> yes, I was joking because I was like, I could go, but I could give birth right. at the conference. <laughs> so and being in, in Texas in August, humidity did not sound appealing to me. So <laughs> so that was a really interesting first year. I did only interviews and I learned that, well, what happened in that business is nothing. I made $0 that year. I had a few small attempts to make business and to monetize my podcast, which really didn't pan out. And so at the end of the year, uh, end of 2014, I had created an enormous amount of, of content. I started interviewing five guests a week. So I was releasing five episodes a week, actually interviewing more than that to stay on top of things. I, by the end of the year, I was down to two episodes a week and I had this gorgeous newborn and two other beautiful children and a, and a husband and another business. And I thought, I'm not going to keep doing this if it's not going to make money. Cause I like to make money. Yeah. So, so I don't like to do things for free. And while I love being of service, I like to know whether I have a hobby, a business or a charity. And at that point I had a hobby. So I decided that I would launch a mastermind and see what would happen. And I I also launched a Facebook group at that time too, um, towards the end of 2014 to start to connect with my community. And that's what changed everything. I was able to see the people that were listening and talk to them and communicate with them and hear their stories. And then I was able to monetize what I was doing by working with women in a mastermind. And over time, that has evolved to really stepping into my own thought leadership and seeing that I am an expert that my audience wants to hear from and learn from and teaching through the podcast and coaching and creating masterminds and starting to serve women at higher and higher levels of business and learning that I am worthy to do that. Yes. And so it's been a beautiful journey of one, finding my voice. I did over 150 interviews before I did my first solo episode. And I just didn't, I really didn't realize that people wanted to hear from me. Yes, of course. Yes. And then the, honestly, the biggest change for my entire business, the pivotal point for me was starting to do on-air coaching calls, which is where I bring a, a person, a community member on air. And I, I do a coaching session on air. And that was a way for me to demonstrate what I do and how I do it because sometimes I can't explain what I do. And so people could hear it and they were benefiting from the coaching as well. Or they would say, oh, I... I I learned from this person's, you know, story, but now I want to pay you to help me, you know, individually. And so from, I would say 2016 to 2017, in the course of about 18 months, I did one-time strategy sessions, paid strategy sessions with over 100 to 125 women. Wow. And Yes. And I, my, the way my brain works, I catalog and I analyze and I see trends and I was really able to see what was working and what wasn't working 
across locations, across industries. And it was amazing. And it also tapped into one of my favorite things to do, which is to brainstorm and strategize. I love doing those strategy sessions and I learned so much and I still do them. They are much more expensive than they were in 2016. But I feel every time I work with someone that I am always adding more value than they are paying, which which is my goal. Uh, but it, so it's been an amazing journey over these last several years of finding my voice, figuring out how this was a business, and then it becoming a business that's supporting my family. Yeah. And, and without taking over as well, because yes. you are very much an involved mom and, and you have a, a abundant personal life. And so I really respected that about you over the years is that I, I know that we all have seasons. And I'm sure there have been some seasons where you're about oh, lost your mind. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Like when I tried, when I launched my first live event without a big enough team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely seasons. And my husband and I really in the last few years switched roles for a bit. And he's become what I've learned is called the primary parent. I learned that from a guest I interviewed. I like learning from people of all ages. And this gal was a millennial. And I've learned that in many millennial marriages that they switch off this role of primary parent and who's kind of in charge of the day-to-day and like if the child gets sick, who's going to take that on? And that can switch from, you know, day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month or year-to-year. And so we're in a season where my husband has taken over that primary parent role that I used to fill. And so it's given me space to really focus on the business in a way that I wasn't able to before. I'm still, uh, still very involved in household life because I like to be, but yeah, he has been the, such a huge support and I appreciate you giving him a shout out. His name's Mark. And he actually, I consider him my business coach because I literally have a business coach <laughs> and a techie person in my home. I never have tech problems that I can't resolve because my husband can resolve them literally immediately. So, And he is like the sweetest guy. I hate so that sweet. our husbands haven't met because they would, they would go skipping off into the tulips together. They'd be so happy. Oh, well, he, he would, we would love that. We're always looking for couples that we would enjoy, you know, spending time with together, but he is super sweet. And he's also holds boundaries with me too. You know, I have a very strong will. I have a strong personality. And so no, no. one will be a pushover and be married <laughs> to me. So while he is sweet, he also knows how to rein me in yeah. and um, in a loving way. So, yeah. That's how I describe Jeff. I'm like, you know, you would think that, you know, my really bold personality and then he's such so nice and just a kind gentleman that, you know, there might be some things off kilter here and there. No, no, mm-mm, nope. He puts me in my place just as quickly as anybody in my life ever could. And I, and I respect mm-hmm. him for it. So that's, yeah, it's good to hear that. Sounds like we have a lot in common in our marriages. <laughs> well, we may have to have a double date sometime. We do. I have reasons to go out to California. So um, you do. we will have to make that happen. As all of this was evolving, what was that aha moment that made you realize how important specializing and being known for something in your business really was? I started to specialize more and more as I grew my business and I saw the impact of it. And then I saw the impact of the women I was working with and the women that were most successful. So I like to analyze what is working and what isn't. And I started looking at who are my clients that were making the most money and also keeping the most money. And 
Can we put a pause there? Because there is a difference between making money and keeping money. (laughs) (laughs) Big difference between like what comes in and then what you actually get to put your bank account because you're not paying it all out. Carry on. Sorry. (laughs) No, thank you. And that's why I say I like to help women make six figures in profit. So if you make a six figure salary in corporate, you are making that salary. When you make six figures in your business, that is not necessarily what is going into your bank account. Right. So there's, you can call it owner's pay, you can call it profit, you can have a combination. It depends how your business is structured. But I started to learn that there were people making a lot of money and spending a lot of money in their business. And there were also people who were saying they were making a lot of money and not really making that amount of money. So uh, it was very fascinating for me to kind of get exposed to a lot of the kind of hype going online and people talking about six-figure launches. And it made me sad, actually, to see people invest so much time and energy in a business and spend on courses and even coaches Mm -hmm. and even masterminds and have it not really help their business. And I found that also in people's homes, it made it for, for my, my clients that were married, it made a lot of tension with their partner. And, you know, I would say, you know, if your business was making money, your partner would not have a problem with you spending this amount of time on the business. The problem is, is that no money's coming back into the home. Mm -hmm. And so in general, partners love me. (laughs) Spouses love me uh, because I usually uh, validate things that that they've been saying all along, and and so. But in terms of like really seeing it, I when I started specializing, I started focusing on talking to women who had established businesses. So I will I say publicly, I don't help you start a business. Do I know how to help you start a business? I do. I do. I do know how to do that, but. It is not, there are lots of people that know how to do that. What do I do uniquely that is different from what other people do? And that's what I've really tried to look for. And what I am great at is seeing a business you already have and helping you take it to the next level and helping you eliminate things that are not worth doing and focus on the things that are, and then helping rein you in and keep you there, hold you steady and help you realize that. And along the way, there's mindset things, things that I mentioned before for myself, being worthy to like stand in your expertise and say, I work with six. This is what I say. I do. I work with women that have six and seven figure businesses and I help them grow them and get more profitable. I like to say now that I help you get to your next six figures, whether it's first six figures or your second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever it is, because I really do love working with women that have that like they're making say two, three, 4,000 a month. And they just can't figure out what is the thing that would get them to that six figure and revenue and beyond. And it usually is specializing. They are usually trying to do too many things for too many people. And so in terms of referring, they're not actually referable because it's not clear to me how to refer them business. Uh So when you specialize when you become known for something, then it's so easy to refer you business or to tag you in a post or tag you in a group or to share your card with someone because you, I want to refer experts. I don't want to refer a generalist. Right. And, you know, and that is a big difference between an established business and a new business, because when you're in a new business and you're thinking like, who's my ideal customer and, you know, it, it is a wide net that sometimes you have to cast either because you don't really know 
or or because you have to have the income to survive. And then once your business starts floating along, you start saying, ooh, I like working with this type of person, but not that type of person. And when I work with this type of person and they refer their friends who are like them, meaning they have the same income generally, they have the same type of attitudes and values, then I get to have lots of people who are like my favorite customer. Okay, now I know who my ideal customer is. How do I specialize to meet the needs of that ideal customer? And that's a whole different ballgame than casting a wide net for the rest of your business. It is. And it's normal. When you first start out, you do lots of things for lots of different types of people. So I don't want anyone thinking that's wrong. But if you want to grow and get to the next stage of business, then you once you have that idea validated that, yes, I can make money doing this thing, then how can you rein that in and and focus because that then directs everything else that you do. It directs where you go to get more clients, where you go to create visibility for your business and what social media platforms are most important, what local events or regional or national or international events should you attend. It just really informs everything you do after that and it makes it so simple. Yeah, absolutely. Totally 1000% agree. And even though on the surface, I look all over the place because I do or have served entrepreneurs and I have also served corporate. It's very, 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 very specific what I do in each of those two categories. So I have, I have like four ideal customer profiles, one for speaking, like for associations and that sort of thing. I have one for corporate speaking. I have the Mm. bombshell businesswoman, very specific things. And while I'm letting part of that go, because I will go crazy. (laughs) Still trying to juggle everything. You know, I finally had to, I finally had to do it. Even in that I'm, I'm following Natalie's advice. And so, you know, if you're at that point in your business where maybe you have a couple different things going, then I would encourage you to niche until it hurts in each of those categories until one comes out the winner, whether that's revenue, whether that's because it feeds your soul, whether that's because you're really freaking good at it, or hopefully all those three things in one, follow Natalie's advice. I guess that's what I'm, I'm full circling back to. <laughs> one of the things that I like to say is because people say, well, I don't want to leave anybody out. Oh yeah, And I feel bad for this group that I'm not serving. And So there's a little bit of what I call the Messiah complex that like you are on this earth to take care of and help everybody that you could possibly help. Yeah. And you are not, you are not the Messiah. (laughs) So we need for you to really step into your genius and figure out what that is. And to, it's okay to not work with everybody. It's okay to price some people out of the market so they can't afford to work with you. I work with a lot of people that are in helping professions. And so that can be difficult for them. You know, Mm -hmm. they were... You know, I I work with women that are, you know, speech therapists and marriage and family therapists and physical therapists, all the therapists, you know, chiropractors, acupuncturists, a lot of people that have like a local service-based business. And a, a great example I like to use is a marriage and family therapist because I have had therapy, uh, you know, in my marriage personally with my children. And when I go to look for uh, someone new to work with, 
what I tend to see on almost every therapist's website is we work, I work with individuals, I work with couples, I work with teens, I work with children, I work, <laughs> I, I work with animals. No, like they're like, they're like, I work with everybody. And I'm thinking, I want, like, if I want help for myself individually, I want someone who's an expert in women yeah. with whatever issue I have. Or I want an expert in couples with whatever couples issue we're having. And for children, like, I want you to be an expert. And so I don't want to work with someone that works with all the people. And if you think about it in terms of the medical profession, it's, we want, if we have a heart issue, we don't want the internal medicine doctor doing surgery on us. And so you become more referable and known the more niche down and specialized you are. And you can specialize by the type of work you do or by industry or both. So another example that might be relatable to people is social media specialists. So there's a lot of people that offer social media services and they do every platform for any person. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, I do not want you running Facebook ads for me and spending thousands of dollars with you if you are not a Facebook ads specialist. I'm not giving you my money. Right. You could also, you could specialize by platform. I'm a LinkedIn specialist. I'm Instagram. I'm Pinterest. You can specialize by platform or you could specialize by say focusing on attorneys. So I do social media for attorneys or you could do, you could really specialize by platform and by say type of group you work with and you could do LinkedIn for attorneys. So if I'm, if I am at a party and my friend's talking about how he's an attorney and wishes he could get more clients on LinkedIn, I would know immediately who to refer. Right. Right. If there's a LinkedIn specialist working with attorneys. So I think that we can all hopefully like translate that to to our own business and start to over time, take a step in that direction, try it out. I think a lot of times women, we're perfectionists and we think we have to get it perfect the first time. Well, you can try specializing and if it doesn't work, you go back and try a different specialty. You, you keep iterating until you get to the type of business and the type of client that is right for you and your and your life and your family. Yeah. And and that's, you know, it's that's something I'm really comfortable with again because I'm I'm very prone to change and I'm undaunted by failure. So <laughs> it's like not a big deal to me. So I have to rein myself in and say, hmm, okay, you can't expect other people to be who you inherently are. However, even in large companies, I work with really big companies, huge companies. And they do the same thing. They're like, we're going to try this new vertical or we're going to try this new marketing strategy and we're going to give it this amount of time. We're going to measure our results and then we'll determine if this is worth continuing to pursue or if we have the data to tell us this is not something we need to continue anymore. They don't say, or if it fails, they say, or if it presents the data that Mm -hmm. we need to know this is not something for us to continue to pursue. And so that's how I would encourage anybody who's looking at trying a new niche or maybe even if you have a niche that you're super comfortable with and you want to expand to just a little bit further, maybe with a complementary type of industry or something, try it. And then if it doesn't work, that's data. Now you put that on the shelf, you say, that's not for me. I love that. I, uh, one of my friends says mistakes are just data. Yes. Right. 
Totally agree. It's just, it's not a mistake. It's just data. It's just information. It's not even necessarily a mistake. It's just something you tried. Right. Circling back to the profit talk that we were saying, I think that uh, something that I like for people to do is when they're trying to decide where to focus is to draw like a T, you know, like a cross Mm -hmm. on the top, put high pay and at the bottom, put low pay. And then on the left, put dislike doing and the right, put love doing. So you have these four quadrants. So a lot of times what I see people start to focus on are things they love doing, but that people aren't actually willing to pay for or pay very much for. And they shy away from their upper right quadrant where there is higher pay and things you love doing. That's the sweet spot of business that I love helping women get to. The things that that they love doing that they would do for free that people are willing to pay a high price for and to help people move from say doing hourly work to retainer work or to start to build a team like say for my 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 clients that have therapy practice or have the ability. I have another client that has a personal assistant business and another client that is an esthetician with three locations. And so they are growing their business by growing their team. So I just love for us to look at ways that we can create more profit with less effort. Yeah. Go deeper, train deeper, sell deeper, add on. The best hairstylists, for example, They don't necessarily charge more for your cut or your color, but they will say, oh, we have this new shampoo and it's fantastic. And by the way, we have this new bracelet at the time. I mean, they add things on and a fantastic server will try to get you to order a pre-cocktail, a bottle of wine, a, an appetizer, you know, multiple courses and a dessert and then a coffee. And if they can get you through that whole thing, they have increased their sales significantly just by asking you if you want it. I have the right to say no sitting at the table, but if I'm never asked, I might not ever have the idea. So go deeper with each person if you can. It's not hard selling. It's giving an opportunity to provide more value. They can tell you no, and you don't have to get your feelings hurt. And I'm so thankful for like, for me, I don't really like to shop. So when my, my I, I like, I feel like you're at my hairdresser with me because <laughs> she's like, I'll be like, oh, where'd you get that bracelet? And she'll say, oh, you know, the vendor's selling them right there. Let me grab you one. And I'm like, okay, that made my hair really soft. What did you do? And where's that brush? Because yep. that went through my, my hair is so fine and gets tangled. I just want to buy whatever she is using because I don't have time to go look for it. And so I appreciate, I appreciate when people serve me in that way. And then in terms of like a service-based business, retaining the clients that we have, Mm -hmm. right? So why are we working as many times I find myself and my clients are working so hard to get new in front of new people when we could, as you're saying, go deeper with that current client, renew them for their next contract, see how more we can serve them. But you have to be really curious to do that, especially if you're a service-based. And I think we both have a huge amount of our listeners who are service-based industries. And so you don't have to stay surface. You can, if you are working on a problem, that doesn't mean that's the only problem. If you solve that problem, the problem that's giving them heartburn, then look for the other problems that you can help them with as well. I mean, it's just, I think about the companies that I work for and I've been with some of them six years because Mm. they don't have a problem to solve. I'm going this week to work with the C-suite on a very specific problem, knowing that when I leave there, it's like, okay, here are the other warts 
are we going to do something about these? Because that can't just sit there. We can't solve this one problem. And then all these problems just don't exist. You have to keep going deeper. And again, that's their choice if they want to continue to work with me on their problems or not. But I am not going to do them the disservice of leaving without saying, by the way, I'm also going to diagnose you with these other warts. (laughs) (laughs) I think also... Some people have to be careful with that because they will get, especially women that are super capable and gentlemen too, that you could literally do anything for anyone. Uh So there are some times where I could help someone with their social media, but I don't do social media, right? (laughs) Right. So I I could help you launch a podcast, but I will give you strategy for that. But I'm not going to actually go through and teach you how to start a podcast. You refer that out to a trusted business partner. That's totally a different thing referrals. So absolutely. I love that. And I love having, I love having those people that are referable. Like here's my go-to expert in this. And I think it, it comes back to what we're saying about the value of specializing and the value of being known for what you do and who you do it for. Yeah. People ask me all the time if I could help them with their social media. I'm like, nope, not trying to stay on top of that industry. Thank you. Drive through. That is, that is not, let me give you some names. That is not me. I don't even do my own social media. I, I, my team member does that. I mean, I participate. Don't get me wrong, but so let's talk a little bit about that referring process. So. You're in your lane. You finally have figured out what you want to specialize in. You're creating more revenue. You're you're increasing your profit because you're not spreading yourself thin, trying to do everything and be everything. And you've started to realize, oh, I really like referring to these types of people to help with these particular problems I don't want to deal with. How do you get that to become reciprocal? And how do you leverage your own clients to get referrals and any other strategies you like to throw in there? Hmm. These are very wonderful questions because I find that especially women, we are, we're, we're really not taught to ask for help, ask for referrals. And I grew up in corporate and working with a lot of men. And what I loved about men is they are so great at sharing their success stories with one another. And they do not get offended by, they don't consider it boasting. They don't consider it rude. They just talk about how great they are. And so it's done in a way where what I would do is like sit there in a room and observe. Like I'm an observer. I collect data. I notice a lot of things. I'm curious as you are too. And I would, I would think, man, if this is a group of women, like she would have been shut down. And so (laughs) I learned over time to talk about how great I am in a way that feels authentic to me and to share stories. So on my podcast, I will share success stories. I will ask clients for testimonials and I will ask for referrals. So you have to actually ask and it can be done in many different ways. It could be, you know, a specific ask. It could be done by saying, you know, sending an email after a lot of times clients will send me a note saying, thank you so much for this work we did. Here was the impact it had. And I'll say, thank you so much. I am so grateful for for any referral that you would share with me. And these are the type of clients I have space for right now. Another thing I do on my podcast is I literally ask people to share the episode with another person. And I don't say, please share my episode, send it to 100 people today. I I am very specific. And I try to make it 
actionable and easy for my listeners. So I will ask and, and say, if you enjoy this episode, if you got value out of it, I would be so grateful if you would share it with one person today. In fact, I would be so grateful if everyone listening today would share this episode with someone that might benefit from it, just one person. And I say, thank you. Thank you so much in advance for for helping me with that. I'm sure you have ways that you help people get referrals too. What do you do, Amber? Well, so with the bombshell brand, a lot of that was birthed in the beauty industry. And so that is a heavily, heavily referral base. When I think back to really working in the spas and the salons, one of the first things that I asked was, what's your referral program? And do you have a referral card? And is this something that you're asking people? Because Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go get my hair did by anybody that I don't know. (laughs) You know, (laughs) somebody's got to vouch for this person. This is my therapist. Mm -hmm. This is my hair. This is my look. This is, I mean, this is what I'm showing up as in the world. And so you can instigate that in terms of like what you and I do. Same thing. I mean, I did it on this episode because we're wrapping up, but literally the very beginning and oftentimes at the end of every episode, I ask for a rating, an honest rating and review. And sometimes like you, I also say to a request that somebody share it when I'm working with corporate clients or if I do a speaking engagement, one of the very first things I do is ask for a testimonial that I can share on my website Sometimes we'll ask immediately afterwards, hey, can we just record you on an iPhone? Can you give a a testimonial? Because again, somebody's not going to pay me what they pay me to step on stage and impact their event that's very important to them that they've been working. You plan events, you know what goes into that. Yeah, They're not risking their personal brand on me if somebody else doesn't say, yeah, she's, she's the real deal. And sometimes people don't follow through and you can follow up and just be like, hey, I just want to circle back on this. Put me on the top of your inbox pile. You know, have you given any thought to this or whatever? And most of the time people just forget. And then sometimes they just don't really want to do it. And that's okay too, but keep asking. I think that we don't realize how powerful word of mouth is. And that's that's really circles back to why people need to understand what you do and who you do it for. So wherever we go, people should know what we do. So all of our circles that we're in. So we have like, for me in my life, I have my daughter is in high school. So I have like the whole like high school mom circle. I have kids in elementary school. So we have like the elementary school circle. Yeah. And I go to, you know, family parties and, and birthdays. And I often find that women entrepreneurs, especially moms, will not share about their business. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Yes, you are missing out, friends, because every person you meet is a possible person that could refer you business. You just never know. And so to be able to also describe your business in a succinct way, I I, I can say if, if you're and I change this based on the circle I'm in. But say you were to ask like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. Like, what do you do? I would say I help women create more profit in their business. Simple. And I do that to create curiosity because I want someone to ask me, what does that mean? How do you do that? How do you get clients? Other times I will say, I have a business podcast for women entrepreneurs. And that creates curiosity. People say, well, how is that a business? Or how do you make money with that? Or how did you get started? And I'm creating conversation that will hopefully be memorable. And I think that if we all start 
as women boldly putting ourselves out there and sharing what we do and just practice. It's also practice, right? Every time you do that, you get more confidence. Yeah. And you're answering questions and you get more confidence. And then the more people that know about you, the wider your network is. A lot of times when I get a referral, it's not a direct referral. It's not from the person I was talking to. They will say, oh, my friend needs your help. My, can I connect you? Uh, yes, you can. Uh-huh. I love that. <laughs> Be my guest. So I think that we sometimes underestimate other women that we're talking to. We underestimate the value of sharing what we do socially. And I think that's really like one of the first, the first steps is, is doing that. And then also once you get a referral, thanking that person. So I love the 80-20 rule. So my, if, if in the 80-20 rule, 80% of your referrals will come from 20% of people. Knowing who those 20% are, those are the people you send special gifts to. Yeah. Because there are some people that are Uber connectors and just literally get joy from connecting people together. I I am one of them. I bet you are too. Amber. Oh, totally. Yeah. And it literally just brings me joy. And it means so much to me when someone tells me the results. And I'm not even like a gifts person in the five love languages, but I appreciate a little acknowledgement for helping someone grow their business. So even if it's a card, I just got a I just got a postcard the other day from someone that I had sent some business to and she just sent me a thank you postcard. I was delighted. How often do you get snail mail these days from right. someone? Exactly. Handwritten notes. So powerful. So make sure that you're not only looking, asking for referrals and making it easy to refer you, but that you're thanking people that refer you business and especially those top referrers. For sure. Circling back to what you were talking about in terms of just having something that breeds curiosity and saying, you know, I help female entrepreneurs become more profitable. You say that because that is the natural way to engage in conversation. And I think that women short ourselves often that we're very natural in connecting with people, even introverts. So I'm not letting introverts off the hook because we tend to have that gift of connection and curiosity and caring about the person in front of us. And we're taught by a variety of people to come up with some schmarmy elevator pitch. I help specifically type people to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, are you like, literally, would you really say that in an elevator? Like if you bumped into somebody, they're like, Hey, what do you do? You wouldn't. That's not natural. It's weird. Don't do that. Stop. Like maybe that's your bio on Twitter, or maybe you weave that a little more conversationally into your about page on your website, but you don't say that. Like it's not a script come up with that little ditty that you have and use that and then have a natural conversation just like you're talking about your kids or you're talking about what you made for dinner. This is what I do every day for a living and and very normal, plain eighth grade language. That is easy peasy. We, I think we often overthink that and we get like put in positions like, oh, now I'm on stage and I have to talk about my business and I have to be perfect. And no, you don't. You just, it's part of who you are. Talk about it. Easy. <laughs> Yeah. And I specifically don't say I'm a business coach. Yeah. Right. Because we all know so many business coaches. Uh And what does that mean? Yeah. So I change it because I, if I say I'm a business coach, that's pretty much the end of the conversation. (laughs) I, I know that podcasting is kind of, kind of sexy. Yeah. Yeah. So if I am at 
a business networking event, I will usually bring up podcasting because business people tend to be interested in that. The other thing I love about this is is thinking through the the audience that you're in at the moment. And it's it's basically saying, I help X get Y. Yeah. So or I help teach, coach, and then the people you serve get some result. Love it. So Simple. I help women entrepreneurs make more profit. I help women go from six-figure businesses to seven-figure businesses. There's so many different things I can say. Let's see if my new easy button comes across. Let's see. That was easy. Did that come through? <laughs> yes, I heard it. I love it. I want a button that says no. Yeah. <laughs> because I really think most people, most women entrepreneurs need to say no to things. Yeah. And have more boundaries in their personal life and their professional life. And so I want a button that's like, no. Yeah. I, I've gotten really good at that. I've gotten really, really good at that. I can be better. But you just kind of get to a point where like, I'll tell you what it comes down to for me. This is a little bit of a sidebar. I have two summers left with my son. He's my youngest. Mm. And then he goes to college. That's it. And so if I say yes to something, then that is saying no to time with my son because I'm already stretched. So if I add any more to my plate, then that means I am taking that away from my possibility to spend what minute amount of time I have left with my youngest child underneath my roof for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe he goes to college and he still lives here. Who knows? But this is what I know to be certain is I only have him through two more summers. So yes. no has become very easy for me. Very, very oh, easy. So clarifying. Mm-hmm. So um, I did a little sleuthing on your website because I knew that you usually did Biz Chicks Live in the fall-ish time. And yes. I saw that's coming up. So Biz it Chicks is. Live Leadership for Women Entrepreneurs is November 8th through 10th in Irvine, California. So if you are in a cold climate, this would be an excellent time to go work on your business <laughs> in a beautiful client. I used to live in Orange County. My mom actually went to Irvine High School. So you want to share anything about that before we wrap up? Yes, it's a leadership conference for women entrepreneurs, as you said, and it's for women that have an established business because we're we're delivering intermediate and advanced level content. And our community is known for being just very kind and collaborative. And the best way to kind of see if you would fit in is to start by listening to my podcast. If you've enjoyed this conversation, I would love for you to go hit subscribe at Biz Chicks. We also have a sister podcast called Stacking Your Team for uh, women entrepreneurs that are growing and scaling their team. We're finding that many of our clients have no experience or very limited experience in, in leadership and managing and just the whole hiring and firing process. So we love helping with that. And we do that through that podcast and with my team and leadership coach, Shelly Warren. And yeah, just listening to the podcast is the best way. And then we have a Facebook group that people can check out. I just love connecting with more women. I appreciate the opportunity to get to talk to your audience. And I do have a a pretty cool thing I could share that talks about the stages of business and then some advice for the stage you're at. And people can get that by going to bizchicks.com slash stages. So B-I-Z-C-H-I-X.com slash stages. And so I have advice for whether you're at the startup stage or you are, you know, ready to grow a seven-figure business, there's advice for those different stages. And actually, I match podcast episodes that that go with those stages ah, as well. So smart. I have a 
I have a big back catalog. And so I was needing a way to just say, go listen to these 10 episodes. They will help you get started. Go listen. Now that you validated, go to these, go to these episodes. So uh, bizchicks.com slash stages will get you there and then also get you connected to our free Facebook group. That is awesome. And see bombshells. I've gotten emails and messages on social media saying, I can't believe you're ending the podcast and I have not failed you. I'm saying but you have Natalie and look at all this other awesome stuff out there. And so I think, you know, as, especially the ones who have been with me who started or were entrepreneurs when they started listening three years ago, they're at a place where they need you. And, mm. um, and I think that's very special. So do you have any final advice, any just sage wisdom that you want to leave with the bombshell audience before we wrap up? We haven't really talked about mindset. We t- touched on it a little bit. and I. I do have a book called Reset Your Mindset. And I, I wrote that because I was surprised at the number of mindset issues that were holding back so many women and so many people that hadn't unpacked like their money mindset issues. And that was impacting their ability to charge more and feel worthy of charging more and dealing with guilt about making more than other family members. And there's just so much about, you know, fear of judgment and limiting beliefs. And so if you're dealing with any of that, just know that you're not alone. What a lot of what I do is just normalize that like, Hey, I've talked to hundreds of women and they all feel the same way you do. You are not alone. So I guess I just would leave it at that, that if you're dealing with feeling like you are less than or it's harder for you. We don't get to see inside each other's heads and brains and know what other people are are, are thinking. We see curated lives on social media. <laughs> exactly. And that is not reality. And I just think, I just want people to know that I believe in them because I do. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, for sharing your wisdom and so many amazing takeaways. The the value in this episode is huge. I, I very much appreciate you. I appreciate you. And I cannot wait to continue to watch your journey. I think you are such an incredible human being, an incredible businesswoman. You're so savvy. You are beautiful. You are hashtag all the things. And <laughs> it was so fun to get to be on your podcast. Thank you. Well, Bombshells, with that mutual admiration club that we have now established, I just want to remind you that you can find all of the show notes if you're driving or on the treadmill or cooking dinner and you didn't catch all the awesomeness that Natalie has to offer. That will be at amberhurdle.com forward slash podcasts with an S and then just click on the Bombshell Business Podcast option. Look for Natalie's episode. Of course, while you're there, also you could click on the Velvet Machete Branding Podcast, our next adventure on the Amber Hurdle Consulting Journey, where we talk about how personal brands lead extraordinary employer brands and ultimately how a strong employer brand will keep a very, very strong business brand. And we believe in branding from the inside out and with employees being at the center of that. So if that's something that interests you, then follow us over. And for those of you who haven't listened to all the back episodes, then I encourage you to go back to the archives and we'll catch you on the next and final, almost final episode. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit AmberHurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the BombshellBusinessWoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.